In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. Every pass, shot, and dribble is immediately consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, blood, and tears, real legacies. Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? You already know when and where to find these moments of unscripted, pure entertainment. Don't miss one minute of the action. Tune into the NBA playoffs on ESPN and ABC. You know a spot, but not just a spot, the spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots, being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your Frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque. Got my Prevnar 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk? Get vaccinated. But but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't give Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar 20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar 20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. Wash up and welcome back to another episode of No Silence Podcast with your host. Now, nah, fuck that with your low glasses, Malone. I, I don't believe there's no way possible Pluck lets 10 homies deal with me on no matter what the issue is. Moon. Shady tone. I mean, man, there's no way I believe that. I don't think it would take 10 of us to DP Mike Tyson. Feel me? At best, five hey, of that, us would be able to DP Mike Tyson. <laughs> Pete, what's yes, the sir. deal? <laughs> Tell me, sir. Yeah, your room. So, yeah, once you get the egg crate, that'll help your room and the bounce back. Behind I thought we weren't doing the show right now. I had my hand on the doorknob to go to Lowe's because I went to Target earlier and they don't sell those things. So I was going to get that, you know, divider deal and, yeah. and wrap it and then put the crate on that. Yeah. They didn't have um, So what you know about Crippin, Pete? In what well, context? It's like a vague question, yeah. right? But what... Bit. Honestly, do you feel you know about Crippen? In what, I mean, like when I say in what context, I mean, to, to try just, to just, um, be as time sensitive as possible with the answer. Well, just, just run down the things you feel you know about Crippen. At this point in time now, over the years, because that kind of has changed. Like the first time I really was around Crips a lot was in Phoenix, obviously. Sure. Like they got some, they got some serious Crip guys down there. They ain't playing. They do, but it's a lot different culture. Sure, um, sure. It's 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 Crip and mixed with you know Arizona culture. So then Arizona has its yeah. own urban culture, and then they mix it. But that's every uh every state in the country. You know, they take their For sure. in, in city city. You know what I mean? So. You'll see it's it's kind of like there happens to be gangs and they happen to be called Crips there. It's how I would kind of more describe it. Well, it's, it's more I, West Coast. Like, that's maybe like, I would say like, like if you were in Memphis, like that might I, be more. I genuinely think they're all Crips. Like that's the thing. It's just, again, their culture from where they're from tied into Crippin. So what mm-hmm. exactly? I mean, obviously, you know, Crips, right? Um, they wear blue, right? Or Crips say cuz. Yeah, the, the, the spellings, the bang to the left side, all the stuff, the blue and, and everything like that. The I know that in L.A., you know, you kind of, at least on the west side, generally you got your neighborhoods and your gangsters. And, uh, you know, in theory, you would assume that Crips are going to bang his bloods all the time, but that 
it's not really sure how, how it plays out in reality in real life. It's much more practical. Um, other than that, I would assume it's just kind of like, hey, look, you made a decision to be a part of this. You in it now. You're going to be in it here. You're going to probably get locked up. You It's going to help you out when you're there. It's going to help you out when you're here. Don't fuck around. It's kind of like a maybe a, a, a Leslie rigid mafia or the way the mafia turned out to be probably by the time the probably in real time, by the time the mafia got into the eighties, when Cripper really got started, they were probably both about fairly similar. You had dudes that were ratting in the mafia guys who were snitching and, and cripping and, and you know, whatever else. And people might've switched families. I know what's his name. Switched families, Sammy the bull, I think it was. So, so, Crippin started in 69, mm-hmm. right? Um, it's credited to two brothers, Craig Craddock and the the most famous and, and credited brother is Raymond Washington. So they grew up in what area would be considered East Coast, like 76 Wadsworth. Okay. Um, they expanded to the West Side in 71, 72, 71. So that's how Tookie and all of the rest of the West Side Crips got involved. So that became spreading, right? Um, when did it, like when it started, was it just where the Crips? And when did it become like East Coast Crips or Broadway's or, or Main Street, whoever was like right over there? When did it start becoming like franchised, so to speak? 72, 73. Okay. People started kind of breaking off, doing their own little thing. Yet it wasn't as bad, but they started breaking off. I think it's 72, 73. Because gotcha. remember, you have East Side Crips, right? And then you have West Side Crips. So immediately, mm-hmm. that's the first break. And then Inglewood Crips came into play. And then Compton Crips came into play. So it was always you know, Linwood Crips, you know, the Palmer Oaks. Um, so it kind of already was separated. I mean, and then they start breaking down into even smaller factions, obviously, which is how you got a trays, different gangs. Gotcha. So in the seventies, like now the last many years, as long as I've been able to, you know, really be like in LA, LA, like that's over a decade and a half, probably there's a palpable difference between the east side and the west side, just being there. So economic, it's mostly stemming from economics. For sure. And and also, I think, and and economics doesn't affect that or Mm. or is affected by economics, but, like, some of those areas were actually physically constructed in different decades. Sure, yeah, yeah, as far as... uh, Not really... Oh yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. I don't think that was had nothing to do with. They were both all constructed, both East Side and West Side, as far as where gangs were were constructed before Crips became a thing. For sure, for sure. So the but I, like, was built by '69. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, yeah. But by the time that like, second in '71 per se. Was it as dramatic of a landscape change, like or difference rather culturally, as it is now? Has it gotten magnified, or is it about always been the same? This has always been the same. All right. The east side is just, you know, it's just different. The poverty is different. You know what? We were allowed. It w- it was kind of made for us to be there earlier. Yeah. You know, what I mean, like um. The projects wasn't made for black people. Black people just got into the projects. Obviously, there, you know the history because yo. There's some interesting stories about that, like like the story of Dogtown projects. Sure. How this so many black people rushed into the projects initially um, in, in South LA, basically Pueblos down, and uh, Dogtown was kind of the first one that wasn't deep, deep like. Were the pink projects way up there that they just tore down? Mm-hmm. And they actually, the city actually said, we're not going to allow black people in these projects. Yeah. yeah. It's just like, which was to me was like, oh, that's, that's wild. Yeah. But again, it's this. It's before the civil rights law was passed. And, and, and 
also projects were built, housing projects were built based around military and, and as a housing place for military and shit like that. But we kind of getting lost. Yeah, be The reason I was asking is right now on the internet, there's this guy. He's like a cultural sensation. Mm. His name is C Mac, Crip Mac. Um, baby C Mac. So that means he's the third C Mac of those guys, right? So you have big, little. So big is the is the first, little is the second, baby is the third, tiny. So if it's a tiny C Mac, that's the fourth. Okay. Infant is the fifth C Mac, which would be the fifth version of whoever that name is. And they call the sixth one, some people call him embryo, and some people say six. So it's a guy named Hoover. He calls himself Jap Six because he's the sixth version of Jap. Gotcha. Right. So there's a guy, his name is Baby C Mac, C Mac, Crip Mac. And he's from a gang called Rolling 50s, neighborhood 55 Crip. Yeah. That's a real small gang on the west side, right? Well, yeah, because those gangs, right, are so it's a few of them, right, in that section. But they very much are a power gang. You know, they're not smarter, but they're they're really like, you know, they, they've been representing their own section and holding it down. Like they're they're For fourth. Sure. They're not just some you're not gonna push those guys over. They they do their stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But and like part of that the, the physical geography is not very large, though. No, 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 right? it's, not, it's not yeah, it's not huge. It's it's fifty fifth street, a couple of streets right there. So people got a bar of him on the internet and the way you know, culturally, he spoke the way the 55th Street niggas speak, you mm-hmm. know, um, changing every number into five and stay, anything that feels like five as a word, they change it into a five. So instead of saying, uh, I'll give this to you, they say, I'll give this to I'll give this five you. So instead of two, they'll say five. Oh, okay. I thought they would change it's give to five and say, I'll five this to you. Right. So instead of saying, saying, you feel me, they'll say you five me. Right. Um, Instead of saying nigga, they say nickel. Anyway, it's it's just a complete cultural thing, you know, Mm -hmm. this community, like all of our communities have. And so, um, are they they a gangster crip or are they just like on their own? Neighborhood crip. So, any. Pretty much every gang that's a rolling gang outside. Oh, you said rolling. I forgot. I didn't hear that part. Pretty much every gang outside of the 30s that are a rolling gang are neighborhood gangs. For the most part. I can't stand by. But I know for sure the 30s are not a neighborhood gang. They're a rolling gang still. So long story short, he he takes the internet by storm. Right? He's super, super culturally phenomenal. You know, you hear him talk, his get down. You know, and you could tell, like, you know, he's been a part of the culture. Well, recently, um, things from his past started to come to forward. Some things he was doing when he was younger. And they aren't very cool things to do, right? Um, as a gang member, right? Snitching is the worst thing you could do. Right? That's for sure. As any criminal, snitching is the worst thing you could do. The second thing that's pretty crappy is being a set hop. Okay. Like being from one set and then joining another set. That's like actually really, at least when I grew up, it was whack. Like that was the worst thing you want to be. You know what I mean? And, and it would it would always be hard for you to have that same respect when I came into the game to be a set hop. Like you just really never will get the same respect. And those guys really have to go through a lot. You know what I mean? Um, long story short, this these things come from his past. And I don't know quite if he made his homies aware as a whole of what his past was. But okay. arrival and different people from different communities started making his past, you know present to where everybody would know what was going on. And Mac, you know, I met Mac. He's a real, he's a good dude, cool dude. And he's explaining himself on the internet. He's like, yo, this is what happened. And the explanations are like, 
you know, they're authentic to his experience, but they do sound crazy where it's like, damn. Long story short, so either between the fact that he was from another gang, whatever the reasons were, the shame itself resulted in his homies DPing, what we call DPing him, disciplining him. DP stands for discipline, right? He has a video camera, and and this is kind of my only concern from his perspective because I really like him. My concern from his perspective, right, as an entertainer and as a content creator is some of this shit you have to kind of leave in the streets. Mm. Right? You can't bring every last thing. And he's on camera on his way to his neighborhood to get what we call a discipline. Um, shows up. No footage. When he's leaving. He's back on camera. Now, you could tell he's been in a fight, you know, severely. Yeah. Like, he's been in a real fight. And he's explaining the things to the fans or who we would call his fans at that point. And I'm just listening to the whole thing as it's happening. Like, wow, like, I wish he would have kept this off the net. Now, in the sense that it's bad for his career. And optics that way, or what? I think it's great for his career, okay. but it's bad for his community relations as far as a gang member. In my book, gotcha. I didn't know which side you thought it was bad for before, like on the street no, side or on the great. It's great to endear yourself to the general public, but uh-huh. and you think that did that? Well, I, I think that was the first problem. Uh, now I can't. Again, I'm not in the mix, so I don't know why his homie said, "Hey." You need to come over here and run yours. I don't know. But what I can say is I don't know if his homies discipline him if they were aware of this information. Okay. So I would like to believe his homies weren't aware of this information and that's hence why you know the discipline procedures were called into effect. Um do you have a history of that? Not I being mean, disciplined, but did, did, have you had to actively discipline people from your set over the years yeah. or not really in your neighborhood? Once or twice. Yeah. Um, and, and this is what I want to talk to you about. This is where it gets crazy, right? Because all of this kind of cultural stuff really don't have relevance to you, but this is where it can. And this is where things come together. At. So there's two things I, I want to talk about with you when it came to Crippin in general. Right. The first thing is how he explained how the DP went. Right. He was saying he was so good with his hands, the first three or four guys that was disciplining him, he was, I guess, getting the better of him. Right. So now I'm not going to pretty much tell the general public, you know. I was getting the better of my homies in a discipline or any situation, right? I probably wouldn't tell my homies I'm getting the better of my friends in the discipline situation, right? Because that's private information for me and my community. Yeah. Right. Um, but he's explaining it and he's saying 10 or more people was a part of the discipline. That's not cool. Like, if 10 of or more of your homies are assaulting you, I've talked to a couple OGs from the east side, west side, different gangs, and I realized I wasn't crazy. I don't know how much of friends we are. Because real gangbang is rooted, and this is, this is my second point, real gangbanging is rooted in, you know, shared experiences with people you grew up with, right? Yeah. And it brings me to my next point, which was when somebody's a foreigner to your soil. I, we've talked about this. It's a really popular thing going on right now where people are driving 20 to 80 miles to join a gang in someone else's community that they didn't grow up in. 
So those two things stuck out to me with this whole particular situation. Yeah. Is one, how many people was involved with the discipline with the with the assault, you know. And, and to be clear, you're you're saying that in that he's coming on the internet and saying, I'm harder than everybody from my hood. It took him ten. Or no. It, it, it definitely it kind of sounds that, that way. It definitely can have that feel. It's not far to have that feel. I mean, it definitely could have that feel. Now, I don't quite know if that's what I got from it, but it does have a it has weird a safe feel. face kind of spin. And I don't know if it's even safe face, but my issue is the fact when he said 10 or more. Yeah. Right. And right after he said this, immediately a video comes out that's not flattering to 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 who he is. Right. So I think again. The internet is affecting the corner. Like it's it's got to be a different level of embarrassment. It has to be a different level of pressure to yeah. keep your reputation, you know, solid. But like I said, the 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 the, the ten or more people disciplining you—that's a lot. I, I don't think even when I was so. This is my thing, right? And again, it goes to my second point. I wasn't the greatest gang member. I didn't think I would even be good at gangbanging, dog, at cripping. I didn't think I would be good at it because it seems like the people involved at times, they not all the way there. That's how it seems. Mm. And it's crazy because some of the people I know that are the most intelligent and brightest people are guys that I either watch, you know, I grew up under or guys I grew up with. There's some really smart, intelligent people in the culture, right? When so you say not all the way there, just so we're clear, how do you mean? Like the driveway don't go all the way to the garage? I know I know the reference, but do you mean like it's because people are high or because they're just caught up in the moment, caught in the judgment, or like how, how are you saying? So the thing about gangbanging, right, and cripping, it, it, it's very accepting to anyone. It's harder to be a Boy Scout than it is to be a Crip. It's harder to 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 be a Boy Scout than it is to be a Crip. Gotcha. Like gangbanging is a very accepting culture. It will accept societies frowned upon, you know, with open arms and make a place for you to thrive and have friends and family and respect and all of these different concepts, you know, to be successful at something. But I wasn't the greatest crip growing up. Like I got courted on probably two days before my 16th birthday. I just didn't really, the niggas that courted me on, right. They were niggas I've been knowing since I was a little kid. We probably was four or five years old. They're a couple years older than me, but Again, I didn't think I would be good at it. I didn't realize I would be good at it until I went to jail. That's when I knew I was going to be just fine. But whenever I would have moments that weren't flattering to Crippen or being a gangster, my homies didn't beat me up over it, right? They would take me and explain to me, hey, man, this is how you got to do it. Like, I remember Moon, you know, my, my older homie Moon, explaining to me why I had to fight people that was from the hood. I remember Pluck explaining to me why I had to shoot some people, making very logical sense. I remember different things where they, you know, Shady, you know, them bringing the best man out of me if I was going to survive in the culture, right? Bringing the greatest man out of me. They didn't kick my ass because I got it wrong. Mm. You know, as long as I had to, the basic bare minimums together. Do not tell the police on somebody else's. Now don't implicate someone into a crime. Don't inform the police on what you know about crimes. So things you know before you get involved. So again, I think like even in that situation, it probably wasn't as bad as what happened, but it goes back to that second point. Someone's a foreigner to the soil. And I think the reason Moon and them did me a certain way and treated me like that is 
I've been seeing moon since I was four years old, driving by. Mm. I've been seeing plug since I was five or six years old, shady since seven years old. My homies that are, you know, my generation, they came and we played in the yard together. We played basketball on the street. You know, I would say, what's up to him when I'm walking to the store? You know, we knew each other since kids. Um, the guys that are young now, this new generation, some of them were the first babies I ever held, infant. Like, my little homeboy, Watch Boy, son Troy is the second kid, you know, the second out of the womb kid I've ever held in my life. So even right now, if me and Watch Boy disagree, that's my little man, because that is my guy. Now, this nigga a grown-ass crip. No 25, 26, 27 children then did everything he needed to do to get his respect. But no matter how I see him, I see him as this little baby I held, this little dude I bought stuff from off the ice cream truck for. So the bond in, in, the, in, the, in the pain in my heart when something happens to him is different. You know what I mean? It's a real, that's really my little brother. That's really my little nigga. Feel me? No matter what, whether we disagree or not. And I would hope he has the same bond. Like glasses is really my guy. Like we have the same bond for each other. Um, But I think it's because we really grew up together. Yeah. When you listen to C-Mac as he tells this story specifically, he's explaining, you know, living in Chino Hills, you know, somewhere to about 18, 19, 20. Now, when he became from 60s, somewhere after that, he moved to Texas. Somewhere after that, he was in Vegas. Right. So we're talking about a guy. I said, yeah, he looked kind of older. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think he looks older because of, uh, you know, his, his habits. You know what I'm saying? Like his health habits, like drinking or you know, I don't know, because I don't know what cuz do. I know he drank old English and I know for sure old English age your ass. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, so, olderish is a relative term. I, I didn't sure. mean he so he's he 50. Looked, I mean, he, he's not. I think he's a lot closer to, to turning 30 than turning 40. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, like, for a guy whose, like, rap career is kind of young, like, a lot of guys whose rap careers are kind of young can be themselves kind of young, like 20, you know. Yeah, so not I, 20. I think Mac is probably anywhere between 28 and 30, right? Yeah. Um, In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. When the NBA championship is on the line, every pass, every shot, and every dribble is immediately, undeniably consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, real blood, and real tears. Trust me, I know what it takes to bring home a championship ring. The regular season is tough, but these games are a completely different level. Now is the time when legacies are made. The best team will bring home the Larry O'Brien Trophy, and add their name to basketball history. Will we see a battle between marquee franchises, or will we see a new champion crowned? Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? These are the moments of unscripted, pure entertainment that only happen on the hardwood. You've waited all season for this. It's time to take it to the next level. Don't miss one minute of the action. Tune into the NBA playoffs on ESPN and ABC. Got my Prevnar 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us, wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic, and at higher risk, get vaccinated. But, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar 20. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar 20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. 
I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. Every week, we'll pick a new song from the list and talk about their placement on the revamped 2021 list. We'll also have guests join us, ranging from the artists themselves to the producers or simply other writers like ourselves who voted on them. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside and Britney Spears' Baby One More Time. There's so many fascinating stories that have been forgotten, like Midnight Train to Georgia, starting with a phone call to Farrah Fawcett, or how the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs inspired Kelly Clarkson's banger Since You've Been Gone and Beyonce's Hold Up. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. But anyway, I think that's the problem, and I think that's what's wrong with gangbanging and cripping now is the reason snitching is at an all-time high, this madness is at an all-time high is these guys don't know each other. They didn't grow up next door neighbors. They didn't play when they were five and six years old. They didn't shoot marbles with each other. They didn't walk to the store and people gave them shit because they were from this community together. Like before I was ever from the seven, I was from the seven. Whenever I went to my pop's house on the weekend, that Thursday, and we go, you know, I catch the bus to my dad's house and we there, we walk into school Friday and we hanging out Saturday, Sunday, Monday and all that. You from the seven. If you go to Mona Park, feel me? And you with, you know, I'm with Lil J and I'm with Moto, rest his soul. And I'm with Shiny Wani and I'm with 50, you know, the homies. Oh, that's them little boys from off of 117th Street. They from the seven. So even yeah. if all of us wasn't, quite courted in or activated as far as gangbanging goes, we were all from 117th Street. If I'm walking with Ron Ron and 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 I'm sorry, I'm just naming like name these childhood names. Ron Ron, if I'm walking with Dewan, if I'm walking with Russ, if I'm walking with Dave, you know, Slowpoke, if I'm walking with those guys and we go into the pink store in the Imperial, you know, courts, housing project, oh, that's them boys from off the seven. Culturally, you are from where you're from. It has nothing to do with violence. It has nothing to do with crime. Culturally, everybody identifies your community. You're from that and you are that community. The gang part just becomes the military part of it, the mm. infantry part of it, or the economic part of it. You know, when you become from the gang, it's people that's from the seven right, from 117th Street that are not a part of the gang, but they're culturally from 117th Street. And they are proud of it, and they let you know, and you recognize it, but that don't mean they are courted in and activated in the military part of it. They're not a part of the earning part of it, per se, but they are very much from the community. So, it's very, and this is weird, because this is weird coming from me, because culturally, I grew up in Compton and Watts pretty much as many days a week. Mm. So even though I grew up, you know, at my mom's house, we grew up in the Richland Farms. I've never claimed farm dog. I've never claimed Acacia block. But culturally, those are my friends. And shit, I would do things to you over my friends. But again, it's it's just a weird situation to me, man, where it's like I think these things are happening in gangs now. I was not not just the, the pressure, not just don't steal my name, still. Don't steal my name. I am the honorable glasses Malone. You see this fro. You you probably have to start calling me Brother G. Man, from now, damn, why do my got, face got fro in My face look hella big, don't it? Well, you're closer to the camera. Honorable glasses, Malone. Let me see. There's two things real quick that stand out to me here. Not on the hair thing. With this fro, you might have to start calling me Brother G. Okay. I look like Cassius Clay in 66. Who is that buff doing the back? Stefan? Chris. I look like Stefan. Yeah, we hear you. Stefan, what's happening, man? Was that Chris? I don't know who that was. I think it was Stefan because he was kind of bigger than Chris. Yeah. 
Chris Leonard and that. So long story short, um, long story short, I think that's what's wrong with gangbanging, with cripping, right? And and this is we're watching a situation play out publicly in front of the world. And all of the things that were my fear as gangbanging is evolving or devolving into where it is now. Right. Mm. Every time you pull the slip, it's starting to show. There's two things that stand out to me with this situation. One of them being like, this guy is like the spokesperson and the spokesmodel for that hood, you know? Honestly, in today's society, not even for that hood. Mac is like the spokesmodel for Crippin, you know, as far as social media is concerned. Mac, C-Mac is a popular Crip, you know, as far as social media and, and that content is concerned. So, he represents a lot more than just five five, which is why I can understand if the five five discipline him, right? Because of embarrassment of what is going on, and they were not made aware of, you know, his past indiscretions. Because For now, sure. and then he's, explaining, then he's explaining it to. He's explaining it to society before they're being informed. I hope that's not the case. Are you ready, uh, big bro? Oh, he's trying to come back. So those two things, right? Like um, how your homies is handling you and why they are handling you this way. I don't think it's no way Tic Tac allows 10, you know, my homie Boo, you met Boo once. I, I don't believe there's no way possible Boo would allow 10 homies, feel me, to, to deal with me in any true capacity. I, I don't believe there's no way possible Pluck lets 10 homies deal with me on no matter what the issue is. Moon, shady, tone, feel me, man. There's no way I believe that. I don't believe there's no, and those are my older homies. I don't believe there's no way Lil J, you know, 50, the guys are my generation or even like Ron Ron or Slowpoke or Russ. I don't believe there's no way they let 10 homies handle me. I think that's situation within the culture would know that's inappropriate. 10 and a significant like touching up like that by 10. I don't care if it's not a significant touching up. 10 men, you, we're not friends, bro. That sounds like we're asking you to leave. Yeah, we're we're not friends. It's like so, you're not part of this no more. Yeah, it's, <laughs> this is what it sounds like. That's a lot, like ten men. I don't know. I, mean, like, I got a homie named Big Two. That's hard to survive. I got a homie named Big Two. Big Two is on death row. Big Two is a real solid crib. Just a sick nigga. But that's the OG homie. I got love for Cuz. But Big Two is six fucking five, close to six six, right? Mm-hmm. 6'5", close to 6'6", 400 pounds. And I don't think they would allow 10 of us to get at him. Yeah. And that, and that's my point. Pete, it's how are we friends if you allow 10 men to deal with me, period, for anything? Yeah. I mean, that almost sounds like a prison gang hit. 10? I mean, that's... The fuck do you need 10 homies? I don't think it would take 10 of us to DP Mike Tyson. No. You only have two hands. See me? At best, five of us would be able to DP Mike Tyson. That's like when he says, I got the better of the first three or four. What are you, like Jean-Claude Van Damme in a scripted movie? And again... Like you... And again, I think five or six of us could DP Tyson Fury. Yeah. So even because you can only only so many people can even be in front of you. Half of them are going to be hitting you in the back. Exactly in the back of the head. So finally, our honeymoon. 
for ten men to to hold to to, to punish him. I don't think you you don't like me. So it's virtually impossible. And I and I verified it with some G homies from different communities. A couple G homies from Stacey, a couple G homies from the hood, niggas from Compton, some G niggas. And I was like, yeah, man, I asked my homie, I asked Pluck, I said, man, you let 10 niggas jump on me like hell no. I'm like, and I thought about why. Welcome, my big brother, podcast extraordinaire, music exec extraordinaire. Guy from Actor the extraordinaire, as discussed yesterday. Big motherfucking steal. What's going on, fellas? What's going on, fellas? It seemed like y'all got a real profound conversation going on. Yeah, it's it, profound it, now that you're here. Yeah, it, it, just, it just took a notch up. Jazz. Anyway, so I was explaining to Pete. I was explaining to Pete. Um, what what like I was I was getting him up to speed on who baby Crip Mac was, baby C Mac is. And I was explaining to him, you know, without all the extra details of what exactly went wrong, but his homies feeling, you know, his homies feeling like he did something incorrect, you know, in the line of representing 55th street and how they decided to, you know, discipline him. And I was explaining him that the reason I know is because Baby C Mac was explaining it right after the discipline, and he was saying it was ten or more people. And I was explaining to Pete about Crippen. Right, is there's two things that are starting to worry me today. Right, the two things are one, how you treat the people from your community. Mm-hmm. Like, why the fuck would it take ten people? to discipline one homie. And I was explaining to Pete, nigga, it wouldn't take six of us to discipline the heavyweight champion of the world. No, actually, at some point, when you, whenever you're in some kind of melee, the more people there are jumping on one person, it actually becomes... Basically, you just can't stop man and punch it. Yeah, it's just yeah. it's a pummel. Right? So you I'm got like, rows. I mean, you can't. There's not enough surface area. Yeah, access. You, you, at that point, you're just covering up. It ain't even enough places to hit. Like, six of us could DP Tyson Fury. Six Seven Street niggas for sure could discipline Tyson. We would beat the shit out of Tyson Fury. Now, well, I'm not saying the heavyweight champion wouldn't land a couple good shots when it start. Well, see, the thing is, when you're talking about someone with that level of skill, though, G, he's going to take out a couple of people. No, he's not. He's going to drop some people and he's going to get himself hurt. Yeah, it's going to be a couple of people getting knocked out. Nobody's going to get knocked out. They're going to get dropped. Right? They're going to get dropped. The problem is when the niggas behind you start hitting you and then the niggas get up because this is something we're used to. And they're going to attack you. That's the thing about the gangbang world I never understood. That's why when I came to, first came to California and people was talking about, hey, we want you to be from our neighborhood and they was getting at me and stuff. I never could stand the idea of some man trying to throw himself go discipline me. Well, it's not. It's not. Nigga, you go to jail. The judge discipline you all the time. Yeah, I'm not going to jail. I'm never going to do no crime, G. I'm never doing no type you of crime. Already did going crime. To jail. You got away with it. Because all it takes so is one time know, to get so caught. you going to tell the judge in the courtroom, who do you think you think you is? Just because I'm American don't mean you can discipline me. See, that's different because you're talking about the court of law. We have rules in society. That oh, because white people made the rules. No, not that. Because they're just rules that we have as far as society. If we didn't have, we would have chaos if we didn't have those rules. Same thing in the hood. We have rules. Without it, in the neighborhood, we have chaos. So that's why you need discipline to enforce the rules. Otherwise, they're just platitudes. So you you you're saying like what we do or like what the community I'm from is different than the United States of America or California or any other place. It's the same exact thing. Well, you know, gang banging in itself, G has rules of its own that no one on the outside will ever understand. I don't think so. I think everybody understand every rule. I think a snitch. At the highest level in America, it's called a motherfucking uh, spy. Well, you know, I, I know who Baby C Mac is. That's the that's the kid that's been going around online and gaining some popularity online, right? Yeah, really funny dude. Yeah, he's a funny guy. Um, you know, the thing is with this whole internet thing, you no, know, I can see why gangbangers would have a problem with that. Real well, I don't, think, I don't, I don't think they had a problem. Still, I don't think the problem was him being on the internet. I think certain real aspects. I, now, this is the thing. I'm still ignorant because I haven't asked the homie for five, five. Like, oh, what exactly was the discipline for? 
all we saw was his past unfold. Next thing you know, he's telling us, man, I'm going to the hood to get disciplined. So I would like to believe the number one thing is they were not aware of his past transgressions. What did he do? See, I'm not, you know, see, I don't go online. You know, sure. And then it's weird because, okay, so I'll explain it to you from an American point of view to where you can understand it. Okay. Right. Um, He was the citizen of another country. Okay. And he came over here, right, without declaring that he was a citizen from Russia. Right? He 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 came and joined this country. I got you. I got without you. informing his friends that mm-hmm. he was a citizen of another country or in another military. So he was flip-flopping. Well, they call it set hopping. Mm-hmm. Right? And then also right that actual military kicked him out oh so he's not from that unit no more no no the first military he was a part of okay so he got put off set pretty much he got put off so what it was was he was from 6-0 and whatever happened they decided that he was not qualified and they put him off 6-0 they courted him off Multiple men, you know, physically assaulted him and disbar and and disbarred him from said community. Wow. And 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 also he has a Facebook page, and on his Facebook page, you know, he is, and this is old, right? This is roughly 10 years ago, 10, nine years ago. He's pretty much claiming and posting and acting like he's from the rival gang of the gang he's from now. So there was maybe a post or two where he was saying, I'm, you know, this is Hoover. You know, he's a killer, a neighborhood killer. I'm from Hoover. And then he was posting and supporting gangster Crips, right? Which he's a five, five neighborhood Crip. He seems like he kind of lost a little bit. Yes. Right. 10 years ago. he He seemed like he a little lost. And that's the thing, you know. Geographically, literally. <laughs> you know, I would right. love to have a conversation with him, G, because see, we got a couple of things at, at, at play here, right? Yeah. And I've always thought this about him. Um, I thought he was a funny guy. Thought he yeah. had a lot of, you know, charisma. He's funny. Um, yeah. But I think we have to look at at some point. He may have some mental issues, bro, because and, that's and not natural behavior. Again, I don't want to talk about that because. People are saying that, and he's the he's vehemently declined that that's not what's going on. He's disappointed. Well, obviously it is. You know, the, the thing is... I can't uh, say obviously I think it is. emotional issues. Yeah, he does. He wants to belong from somewhere. He wants to belong, seems like. so. And, and again, get into the... And, and, and I don't want to get into the depth of why that is right? Which well, no, I take that back. Yes, I do. But well, this maybe is, that, that's money. easy money. I mean, when you probably, but this but this is why, and and this is the point I'm saying, right? So my first issue with the whole scenario is how many men it took to carry out his discipline, right? He don't look like he's the most menacing guy in the world either. No, but but again, that that's a whole nother. Story. I don't I don't know what menace look like, but no, I'm saying menacing look like like it's not no, like he's six five. Like, but, but you know, like me, I could be considered menacing. You could be considered menacing. Pete, not so menacing. Honestly, you know unfortunate, and that's the mistake. Because white people historically have well, killed everybody. See, listen, I didn't say just because a person looks menacing don't necessarily mean it's so. You could I've seen guys that look like they're the most meek and humble people on the planet, and they don't put in some mad work. When we go, person, we go way beyond menacing. I think the white man always look menacing. Yeah. Personally. Well, well Pete is the white man, so he can do a lot of things that we can't do. He don't have to like, get physically out there. Poison off at the meat market. Poison yeah. all the meat. You know, they, when they want you dead, they're going to figure out. But that's not the point. Y'all throwing me off my point. Goddamn, still focused. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. When the NBA championship is on the line, every pass, every shot, and every dribble is immediately, undeniably consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. 
Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, real blood, and real tears. Trust me, I know what it takes to bring home a championship ring. The regular season is tough, but these games are a completely different level. Now is the time when legacies are made. The best team will bring home the Larry O'Brien Trophy and add their name to basketball history. Will we see a battle between marquee franchises or will we see a new champion crowned? Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? These are the moments of unscripted, pure entertainment that only happen on the hardwood. You've waited all season for this. It's time to take it to the next level. Don't miss one minute of the action. Tune into the NBA playoffs on ESPN and ABC. Got my PrevNAR 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk. Get vaccinated, but, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't give Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. Every week, we'll pick a new song from the list and talk about their placement on the revamped 2021 list. We'll also have guests join us, ranging from the artists themselves to the producers or simply other writers like ourselves who voted on them. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside and Britney Spears' Baby One More Time. There's so many fascinating stories that have been forgotten, like Midnight Train to Georgia, starting with a phone call to Farrah Fawcett, or how the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs inspired Kelly Clarkson's banger Since You've Been Gone and Beyonce's Hold Up. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So what I'm saying is my issue is now I'm questioning his true friendship. Right, because that's all gangbanging is truly, truly built off of your friends, right? Well, that's and not a friendship. Up with. I just people, don't. Gee, I'm gonna tell you this: I love you like a brother, bro. But if you sent ten people to whoop my ass, we wouldn't be friends no more, dog. And I, I would hope so. Yeah, I would hope so. Like I, I, I had to call Pluck. I said, Pluck, would you allow ten homies? They're like, Nah. The fuck you mean? Why would I take ten homies? Right. So that's my first issue. Right. So now I'm questioning. I'm worried about how you and your community see each other, how Mac see the five fives and how the five fives see Mac. Well, I can see him not probably, he's probably going to get kicked off that set too. And this is, this is a concerning thought. That and I sounds can like that's what happened. It sounds like he got right quoted off. It sounds like he got quoted off. Look, but then even at the end of the video, they're saying he's still from the hood. Now, Again, this is me taking C-Mac at his word because it, it might not have been 10 people. It could have been five people. He was just getting spun in a circle. Well, I'm pretty sure after that whooping, he's not telling no more lies. Right? So but he didn't tell lies before. He, that's the point. He came out. I wish he didn't say shit. Personally, I wish he would have just because I would have looked at it and I'm like, oh, they just don't like him and making this up. But once he came out and, you know, as people say, kept it real, feel me? It just sounded crazy, which I understand at that point, they were like his 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 community was pressured to react because now. So you have people explaining to the general public about the member, this member of your community. Then you have your, the member of your community explaining to the general public. The community itself has been kept in the dark. So now they're like, what the fuck? So, you know, maybe if they were aware they would have put pressure like, yo, you can't be the mascot of said community if all of these things are on your rap sheet, on your on yeah. your, you know, on your thug and rap sheet. Like maybe that's the conversation. 
But whatever it was, it was rooted in the fact that they were embarrassed and shamed, right? So rightfully so. Rightfully so, right? So that's the first thing, right? Is how many men it took to carry out the discipline. That don't make me feel like we homies. It probably was a lot of people that wanted to be involved in the act of passing the discipline. Out the discipline. But and, and when I asked Pluck or I asked Boo about it, I asked my older homies, you know, Boo got the bike shop. Mm-hmm. He said, hell no. Why the fuck would we do that? And he was like, well, and it, it hit me that I've been knowing these brothers since I was a little kid. So, again, our bond and connection is different to why the fuck would they want to allow 10 people to assault me? Well, you just it, answered your it's own question. It's not discipline now. It's retribution. Yeah, you got you to gotta remember, Gene, you are really from your neighborhood and you've been over there since you were a little kid, right? Yeah. So they have a certain amount of love and admiration for you. Obviously, this guy, he's came from over here. Then he was over here. Then he's got fake, fake making fake Facebook posts about, oh, I'm from here, you know? So it's like he has some issues. Which brings me to my second point on this cripping, right? Which is what I was saying. When you are foreign to the soil, it's a way they treat you. It's a way you're asked to do things at times that are unreasonable. And I don't quite understand. Like I met two young dudes that lived in Antelope Valley. Right. I was meeting up with one of my partners from East Coast, just having a conversation with him. And he was telling me that these two people are from PJ Watts. These two young boys are from PJ Watts. And I was like, okay, cool. And I was like, damn, man, how long y'all been out here? You know, when y'all moved from the city, they said, oh, no, we never lived in the city. I'm like, you never lived in Watts? He was like, no, we lived out here our whole life. And they explained to me how somebody they knew, that's from Imperial Court Housing Projects, moved out there and they decided they wanted to join said community, right? But, so they drove the 70 miles from Antelope Valley to the Imperial Housing, the Imperial Court Housing Projects and allowed strangers to beat them up to be a part of the community. And it hit me. I was thinking to myself when I was laying in the bed the night after I met them. How do you go and attack someone else's community if you didn't grow up? with? Like, what's your true motivation to defend this community? Can I say something real quick, G? Please. When I first came to California, um, it was 1988. And that's when gangbanging was like kind of full throttle. It was a lot different than it is now. Yeah. You know, people were really gangbanging. You would see a guy walking down the street in Long Beach with a whole Pendleton suit on, you know, with a whole, you know, with the whole blue rag pretty much adorned around his whole body. So when I got people, you know, that I was hanging out with that may have been hustling with, and they start saying, good, we go bank you from the hood. We go do this, do that. I always thought of it like that. I am from 105 and Superior. I don't have no familiarity with y'all neighborhood. I don't have no love for y'all neighborhood. So how can I really go out and carry your mantle, so to speak. You feel what I'm saying? Well, Wave well, your flag. Even, even then, I understand it, right? Because now you live... It's like if you become a citizen... It's like if you lived in Mexico your whole life, but then you move to America and you become a citizen of said community, right? And then they like, oh, man, you live here, you take advantage of the benefits, right? You need to probably... You should be a part of the infantry and the military. Like, So, you know, you could fight for these rights that we're, you know, we're protecting the territory, the areas, the way of life we have. You know, you have to fight. The PJ thing is like a franchise to me. It's like if you get a job and you work at In-N-Out Burger in San Bernardino, they still send you to the original In-N-Out corporate headquarters for training. Yeah, but then you still come back and you work at a Burger King in some other place. The problem is there is no. You still work at In and Out. You're just in and out, not in. But you still whatever, in six or five and ten. Listen, I'll give you a perfect comparison of that. So in Watts, right there's Front Street Watts. My boy Bang Loose is from Front Street Watts. I know a lot of niggas from Front Street. Solid niggas from Front Street, right? Front Street Watts Crip. In Pacoima, there's an area called. Valley Fronts, right? The Valley Valley Front yeah. Street Crips in Pacoima, in the Valley. Well, the same as like Pasadena, Denver Lights, right? 
Well, no, that's the Devil Lanes. I, I I don't know if they're quite the same. I think they are, but that's different. But here's All another. Right. Um, so just like you have the front streets in the valley, you have the front streets in Watts, right? So you could come to the the city and actually, you know, get trained, and you take your shit back to the valley, or you could just be in the valley and be a front street, and it's a connection. They have the same thing with the gang that's based out of Inglewood, right? Or I don't know if they would consider that South Central. Watergate Crips, right? In mm-hmm. Santa Ana, they have Watergate Crips, feel me? And they are connected. The problem with the comparing the franchise to this is in Antelope Valley, there is no Imperial, you know, there's no Imperial Course housing projects. There is no PJ Crip neighborhood to work at at the franchise. So it's like mm. you just went to some burger place and got trained and just Oh, left. so they're just stragglers. It's not like, say, like the guy from PJ's moved to this location and now he like took over these blocks yeah. and they're just Oh, okay. No, he lives in Antelope. Valley. I thought you could point to an area in in, in no, AV that's like no, no they're between third and fourth. He didn't colonize some foreign place. I got you. They just liked his get down. It was like, okay, we want to, we want to be your friend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that shit was weird. And again, I think those things happen when you are foreign to the soil. Like you could have been like he could have been from that area from, you know, for five or six years, maybe seven years. The problem is there is no true vested interest in your existence. Right. Mm -hmm. Because. My homies know my dad. They knew my mom, rest her soul. They knew my older brothers. They know my stepmother. They knew my family. They've been knowing me since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. So it's a even now, like if 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 Watts Boy, right, who was my little homie, if he comes to me, he's like, man, I need a gun. You know, when he first came to me talking about needing a pistol, I'm thinking, like, nigga, I know your daddy and your uncle. They raised me. And it's funny because I remember going to his uncle to get a gun, and his uncle told me, who is my big homie Pluck, said, You better go steal your first gun like I stole mine. So I told my homie, I said, look, nigga, here's a hundred dollars. A gun costs 200. You need another hundred and go buy your own fucking gun. Because I'm thinking literally, I know this nigga's mama. Yeah. And that's you almost gonna do something with this fucking gun. You go do yeah. something with this fucking gun. It's almost you like you have blood your, on your hands. Yeah. Now your mom is sad. Now your daddy is sad. Now your uncle sad, and don't get me wrong, I had to think like, well, damn, what if he don't have the gun and he need it and he die? Well, you got to make a choice. So once you sign up for this shit, you also got to be willing to be accountable and find your own shit. Then none of my older homies give me no damn gun until they realize I was using guns. Well, you know, G, the thing is this, right? Yeah. A gang seems to me, I've been in California long enough to where I can speak on certain stuff, certain stuff I don't speak on because I'm not a gang member. You've been in California longer than you've been in Ohio. Yeah, for real. So it's like, it's some stuff I don't speak on about the actual infrastructure of gangs because I'm not, that's not my place. I stay in pocket, right? The thing is with gangs always seem to me was like family. Like, you know, me coming out here, I was touched down to Long Beach first. So I was in a city full of Crips, but I knew Bloods too because we had Bloods that played on the team I was on, right? So Mm -hmm. the, the thing was this, all the Long Beach Insane guys seemed like they were family. They seemed like they was family with a lot of the 20 guys. They went to the same elementary schools together. They you know, went to the same partic- high schools. And a and lot of times, they were family. And in that particular community, them niggas is all related. Yeah, exactly. So the, the biggest thing I see with this man is that his family, and I'm going to tell you this, I have seen people get disciplined before, but never to the point to where it was like 20 people. I've seen maybe two, maximum three people discipline somebody, and it was always for a real short period of time. And afterwards, it was a 40 and a blunt passed around. Exactly. And that's what killed me. He's leaving after it in this car. And I'm like, he's like, you know, this is still 5'5". Five, five. And I'm like, hey, man, if 10 or 11 of your homies did you like that, and if all of your other homies let these 10 or 11 men do you like that, how do you still feel proud like that's you a part of the community. 
Good looking out for tuning in to the No Sillers Podcast. Please do us a favor and subscribe, rate, comment, and share. This episode was recorded right here on the West Coast of the USA and produced by my homeboy, A-King for the Black Effect Podcast Network and iHeartRadio. Yeah. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. Every pass, shot, and dribble is immediately consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, blood, and tears, real legacies. Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? You already know when and where to find these moments of unscripted, pure entertainment. Don't miss one minute of the action. Tune into the NBA playoffs on ESPN and ABC. Got my PrevNAR 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk? Get vaccinated. But But nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.